Okay, so we're continuing Melachim Aleph. Today's chapter is going to be fascinating. It's maybe a little bit wacky. Uh, so far, chapter 12 was already intriguing enough with Yarovam coming to power in the north, taking the power of the ten tribes. You had Rechavam and his foolish uh, um, decision to follow the young, his young friend's advice as opposed to the elders. He tries to take hold of the power in a very aggressive way. The people are not happy. They essentially depose him. They kill Adoram, the man who was collecting the taxes that Rechabam sent. Rechabam basically runs away to the south, to back to Yerushalayim, and he takes control of the tribes of Yehuda, Binyamin, in the south. Probably Shimon was included in that as well. While Yaruvam is then brought in by the people and made the king over the ten tribes of the north. However, Yaruvam thinks to himself, if all these people go to the Beit HaMikdash and they see that the, the true king is from the line of David, so Rechavam is the one who's going to be having the respect of the king in the Beit HaMikdash, then they're not going to see me as king and I'm going to lose my hold over the people. So he decides to make two golden calves, one in Dan and one in Beit El, which are basically north and south of the northern half of Israel. And he makes those shrines and he says, These are, this is the God that took you out of Egypt, he says that to Israel. He then invented a holiday on the eighth month of the year, which is in our calendar, a month that doesn't have any holidays. Uh, and he, uh, he's Badami Libo, the holiday he created out of thin air, he, he made. So he kind of basically started a new religion and that's where he ended off in chapter 12. And that's the sinfulness of Yeruvam because of his intent to not let David's kingship surpass his own, right? Because power corrupts. That's one of the major themes of this part. Chapter 13 is going to get a little bit, I would say strange. It's a, it's a very strange chapter, okay? Because now we're going to start to be, throughout the Melachim, we're going to come across various Nevi'im. And, and we're going to start to see this, the, the phenomenon of the Navi Sheke, of the false prophets, which is a big part of the whole Avodah Zarah ecosystem, right? This Navi Sheker institution. And we're going to have a good Navi approach Yarov Am and try to rebuke him. Now, this isn't like David Amelech times in which uh, Natana Navi would come to David and say, he sinned, oh shoot, I sinned, you're right, I'm going to do a teshuvah and mourn for seven days and this and that. Halavai, we're not, we're not with David anymore. We're people like Yarov Am do not take so kindly to the Navi. Okay? So, so it's going to get interesting. The dynamic between the Navi and the king is going to become one fraught with tensity, with tenseness. And, uh, and we're also going to be introduced to a fake Nevi'im, so it's, it's going to be an intriguing chapter. Chapter 13, verse 1. There was a man of God who came from Yehuda. By the word of God, he came to Bet'el. And Yarov'am is standing and doing a, uh, uh, bringing a sacrifice on the Mizbeach. Now what's funny about this thing, this opening pasuk? One of the things, the changes that Yarovah made was that he introduced Kohanim that were not Mibnei Levi. So we already thought that was a big issue. But now who is doing the stuff of the Kohen in our first Pasuk? Yarovah himself. So not only did Yarovah introduce Kohanim were not Levim, he now decided, you know what, I want to be the, the Kohen. Okay? So now Yarovah is doing his Kohanic duties, which obviously is not for him to do. Pasuk bet, Vaikra Alamizbeach, Bidvar Adonai, and then the Navi goes to Yarov Am and he calls out to the Mizbeach, 
by the word of God. He calls out before the altar that Yarovam is, is serving on. Vayomer Mizbeach, Mizbeach, and he says, You, Mizbeach, kind of opening to the Nevu'ah. Ko Amar Adonai, thus has said God, there was a son to be born to the house of David. Yoshiyahu Shimo, his name is Yoshiyahu. Vizavah Alecha et Kohaneha Bamota Maktirim Alecha. Vyatzmota Dam Misrafu Alecha. And on you, Mizbeach, Yoshiyahu is going to bring as an offering the Kohanim of the Bamot, the fake Kohanim that Yarovam instituted. And he's going to make the, burn their bones upon you as well. So the kind of like this Nevoah is stated in the. As if he's speaking to the altar. He's yes. saying, you altar. Because he's standing on the altar. Because Yarovam is standing on the altar. So he turns his attention to the altar and he says, you altar. There's going to be a time when a boy from the house of David is going to be called Yoshiao. He's going to be born. And this man, Yoshiao, is going to burn all of you Kohanim, all of the Kohanim on you, meaning on the altar. He's talking the second person in this verse is to the altar, right? So all the Kohanim is going to be burning on the altar and they're going to burn their bones on it. And this is, by the way, if you look at the end of Melachim Bet, this is what happens when Yoshiao becomes king. He's from the, one of the kings of Yudah. He was known as one of the kings who was most um, successful in turning the tide against Abu Dazarani. He instituted vast reforms trying to bring back Torah and let go of Abu Dazara. So this is one of the things he did. Is he burned all of these people on the altar. Burned okay? them alive. Yeah, so I, 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 it says in, uh, I mean, we could look at the exact okay. th- things that he did we'll in Melachim Bet, chapter 23. It says, He took their bones and he burned them on his back. I don't know if it says before that that he burned the people alive, but no, it doesn't say he's going to burn no. the Kohanim alive. He says he's going to slay them slay and then he's going to burn their bones. Burn I think that's what he did. Okay. He didn't burn them alive. Okay. And then he says, the Navi says, and I'm going to prove to you that this is going to happen, that, that God is upset with you and that there's going to be a king who's going to burn your bones on the Mizbeach. The Mizbeach that you're standing on is going to split into a kind of like a crack and all of the ash that's on it is going to fall through the crack in the middle. What that means, it seems to be a symbolism for like the separation of the kingdoms, the tearing apart of the kingdoms. Okay. All right. And it was when the king heard the word of the man of God, Ishai Elohim, the man of God. By the way, the reason, according to the Farshim, the pasuk is saying Ishai Elohim in reference to the Navi. Is because right after this story, we're going to have a story about a Navi Sheker. It's going to call it's and it's going to call him a Navi. So it's distinguishing between Ishai Elohim, who is the true prophet, and what we're going to see in the later verses, which is a Navi, which is a false prophet. Okay, so. And it was when the king heard the word of the man of God, Asher Karala Mizbeach, that he called to the Mizbeach, So Yaromam sent his hand while he's standing on the Mizbeach and he points it at the guy, at, at this man, which, by the way, the, um, the Chachamim say is a prophet named Ido HaChoseh. Yes. It's not one we've seen before. Okay. And then Yaromam's hand becomes dry. What that means? It means it got, became paralyzed, so it got stuck. And he was not able to return his hand to him. Wow. So, I don't know, it's very, again, it's very strange things like the Mizbeach cracks and the ash falls in between, symbolizing the tearing apart of the, of the, uh, of the kingdom. And then also the punishment of Yarovam, where his hand gets stuck, paralyzed, as he's pointing it to Ido, 
I don't know exactly what the symbolism of that punishment is. I, I really don't. Uh, why his hand has to get paralyzed as he's pointing it to Ido or to the Navi. Uh, I don't know. But that's what happens to him. Okay? So as he's pointing to the Navi, trying to tell his guards to capture the, the Prophet and to probably kill him, his hand gets stuck and he can't return his hand to himself. In the meantime, the altar also cracks. And all the ash that was in the Mizbeach falls to the ground, just like this prophet Isha Elohim claimed would happen. So the king, he answers, or he announces, and he says to this man of God, please beseech the, the face of God, Hashem, your God, and pray for me, so that my hand can come back to life, so that I could, my hand could return to me. Um, so the man of God prayed to God and so and Yaram's hand was able to regain its, its uh, movement and it returned back to him just like it was at the very very beginning okay uh, one of the things that the Chachamim take note of is he says to the prophet he says um, please pray to Hashem your God meaning Yaravam doesn't consider Hashem his God anymore because he's really doing Abu Dazara. Or it could just be a figure of speech, meaning because you are a Navi and you have a closer connection to God, he's you know, he's saying it in the in in the possessive tense of the Navi, who is the man who is close to God. Whichever way it is, uh, he prays to him and his hand turns back to normal. Okay, Pasuk Zain. Then the king says to the Navi, Come to my house. And have a meal with me And I'm going to give you a gift Change of events Change, change of tone Sudden change of tone Okay uh, Where before he's saying Grab him and kill him And then whenever the Navi proves That his nivuah comes true All of a sudden Yaravam's like Ooh, come to my house I'll give you a gift So what's going on there? I was thinking about it a lot Over the past few days What, what the, what, What's going on here? Why Yaravam is Inviting him to his house for a meal And I think Yarov'am Being that he's steeped in Avodah Zarah What would their Nevi'eh Sheker do? The Navi, the false prophet What would they do? Typically they would probably just appease the king Yeah, they'd just balabala him And they'd balabala the king And tell whatever you want to do, you could do If you want to take this woman, you could take her it's, Oh, it's a ritual to the god To be with this, this woman holiday, You could have this holiday Exactly So, so the Nevi'eh Sheker In, in Yarovam's mind Steeped in Abu Dazara, A Navi is someone who could be bought So I think what's going on here Is that Yarovam is under the assumption Okay, so look, this guy just proved himself He has some powers he doesn't necessarily attribute the powers to God. Yaravam attributes the power to the Navi himself. So he says, let me buy this guy. Let me bring him to my house, invite him, we'll have a meal, and then I'll get him on my side because he clearly has powers. And that's like the Abu Dazara mentality at work. Yeah. You know? Um, that's what I, I, the conclusion I came to that may be the, the meaning of this. Like so, yeah, exactly. And he see, he's seeing this guy who's a true prophet as a sorcerer. Verse 8 He said, even if you give me half of your house I won't come to you I'm not going to eat bread And I will, drink, I not, I will not drink any water in this place Meaning the command from God to the Navi Was don't stop Don't, don't give them any legitimacy By 
partaking in a meal with them, by joining them in their homes, by sleeping there. You go, say the message, and walk back. Uh, how long of a journey is it? From Yerushalayim to Beit El, it's not so long. It's like less than a day. Right? So go to Beit El, make your message, and come back. That's it. That's all you're allowed to do. You can't stop. You can't think. Because if you go and you eat at their homes and you become buddy-buddy with them, then you're, in a way, as a representative of God, giving your stamp of legitimacy onto their Abu Dazara. Okay, so that seems to be uh, what the Navi is told to do from God. Because this is what I was commanded. Don't eat bread and don't drink water and don't go in the way that you went. And he went another way and he didn't go back even on the same path that he went to Bet El. So the path, let's say he went, he took Highway 1 to go back, he took Highway 2 on the way uh, to go there, he took Highway 2 on the way back, so he didn't um, partake in any of their meal. Okay, so that's the story of Ido, or the Isha Elohim, as the verse claims it is, and uh, Yarov Am, and uh, his, uh, his attempt to rebuke Yarov Am, and that's how it ends. But it's not over. Okay, now it gets interesting. Now it really gets interesting. Verse 11. There's one old Navi. Now notice it doesn't call him an Isha Elohim. It calls him a Navi. So it seems like this guy was a Navi of the north, meaning a Navi Sheker. Okay? So there was one Navi, Yosheb Bevet El, who lived in Bet El, and his son comes to him and he tells him all of the things that this man of God did. The things that he spoke to the king, he told to his father. Now, it's a little bit confusing the language here. Um, I think you translated it fine. No, it's, it's technically, I, I translated it how it's supposed to be understood. But it's, it's, it's weird Hebrew because it's, it says, And this son came to his father, the Navi, and he told his... Um, and they told, and they told their father. So one of the Farshim says, looking down here, that once this son came back from the Bet El scene, some other sons came also, and they all told what happened to their father. Whatever, the tenses are just a little bit off. But there's this Navi, seems to be a false prophet from Bet El. And his son, is, he experiences what Ido Jose does that day. So he goes and he tells his father everything that, that he did. So their father says, Where did this prophet go? So his sons, they found the way that he had went, the, uh, the man that he had come from Yehuda. So they found this way. So he says to his sons, So he says, Please, um, I don't know how to translate Khipshu. They prepare my, my donkey. donkey. What do they say? They say saddle. saddle. Saddle my donkey. So his son saddled his donkey for him. And he went and he, he traveled on his donkey. And he went after this man of God, this Navi who is unnamed, or is Ido Achose, his son of Mefashim. And he found him because his sons had found the path that he used. So he goes on his donkey and he travels that path and he finds the man. Yoshev Tachat And he's sitting under this tree. What's an Elah tree? Elm, it's, it's translated as Elm tree. Elm, right, right. Okay, he's sitting under an Elm. He said, are you the man 
of God who came from Yehuda, the famous man of God who came from Yehuda, and he says, "Yes, it is I." Come to my house and let's eat bread. This is Navi Sheker telling him. And then what do you think the Prophet's response is going to be? Same thing he said Same to the Same thing as the I cannot go back with you. I'm not going to eat bread. I'm not going to go with you. I'm not going to come with you. I can't, eat, I can't even drink water in this place. For the word is with me by the word of God. And the word from God is, do not go back, uh, do not eat bread, do not drink any water there, and don't go back on the way that you went. Meaning, don't even take the same road you took on the way there. So he repeats exactly the exact response that he did to Yarabam, he repeats to this prophet. However, this prophet is a little bit more insistent. So the prophet says, I am also a prophet like you. And an angel spoke to me in the name of God. Bring this man of God to your house. And he said, and this, this uh, angel came to me and he told me in the name of God, bring him to your house and let him eat bread and let him drink water. And the verse adds the last two words. And he was lying to him. And he says, he made this up. Okay, so the false, the false prophet is making up that an angel, and you go to even see, compare the way they say they got um, uh, a vi, um, the word of God. He's, the, the real Navi says, Ki davar elai bidvar Adonai. It was to me a word from God. Simple. This guy says, angel spoke An angel spoke to me in the name of God. He puts himself one level removed. Maybe it's a symbol, maybe it's a sign that the Neviyah Sheker, they were very much, um, they believed that there were a lot of different divine beings that had power and they had, I don't know, they had a whole system. Okay, but even the, the nature of the Nebuah sounds different. And the verse tells us, Ki he was lying, lying to him. Okay, verse 19, And the Navi goes and he believes this Navi Sheker and he goes to his house and he drinks water and he eats bread. Question. If yeah. he didn't believe him, would he have to kill him? If he didn't believe... If the if Navi... He knew that he was a false prophet. If the real, if the true prophet, if the real Navi thought he was a, knew he was a false prophet, he have uh, to, did he have, what would he have to do? In theory, I think the, um, the punishment for false prophecy is strangulation. I don't know. Typically, it's imposed by a court, though. I don't yeah, know. You typically, need, you typically need a court. So I don't know if individuals would do it. Split, it wouldn't even I mean, like, look, you'll see, you'll see through the Nevi'im, false prophets are killed when not through an official court system. I mean, we're going to see it in, in the story of Eliyahu Navi, where he, he brings the death of many false prophets. There's no court system, technically. So it's not that black and white. In terms of like, okay, like I don't think the people in the times of the Navi were thinking, okay, let me drag him to the sun and dream and thing. It wasn't really like that. But um, in theory, by the modern understanding of how things should work, you wouldn't just kill him on the spot. You would have to. There would have to be some court involvement. Verse twenty, and we'll finish. This will be the last verse. And they're sitting on the table. And the word of God came to the Navi. Who had turned the guy away. Meaning, meaning, all of a sudden God sends a message through the false prophet. Relating 
to the, the man of God. So the man of God doesn't get prophecy anymore. The false prophet gets a word of God. Um, and I will we'll continue with Zerushan tomorrow, honestly. Or Cliffhanger. Cliffhanger, yeah. Very interesting story, though. Okay, so to sum up, Yarovam is approached by this Navi. He rebukes him. He tells him, Yoshia is going to be one, one day. He's going to burn all your bones on this Mizbeach. And then he tries to get him. His hand gets stuck. Navi prays for him. Then the Yarovam's like, ooh, let me try to win him over. So he invites him. The guy says, no, Hashem told me no. As the guy is leaving, the sons of another Navi Sheker go to him and tell him, by the way, there's this Navi in, in town today. And uh, he said this and this is going to happen. So this man gets on his donkey. He goes, he finds him, he invites him to his house. He convinces him that God spoke to him and he brings him to his house. And then because the guy violated the original Navi, violated the word of God, he's not the one who receives Nebuah anymore. It is now the false prophet who gets a Nebuah from God. And it's going to be about the Navi that just made this fatal mistake of eating bread and water. Baruch Amen. Amen.